Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. driving a Rolls Royce brought something to my memory uh, the first time that brother uh, brother and sister Doug Smith were with us they parked over here and uh, we were going out to eat after church and he said um, I, I walked over here to tell him I said just follow us he said well I don't know what you're driving I said well I'm I'm driving actually a white Rolls Royce it's parked on the other side and uh he, I could tell he looked at me a little strange. I said, when you get around there, it's going to look a lot like a Honda Accord. <laughs> but trust me, <laughs> it's a Rolls Royce. And uh, so, so maybe the Lord trying to deal with me about something. Here. <laughs> We're going to ask all of our Sunday school age 5 to 13, not including the nursery or the youth class, if you would be dismissed at this time and go back to the annex and the children's ministry and their staff are waiting on you. And uh, they are going to participate in uh, a few things today, not the least of which will be communion. And uh, I appreciate Sister Rayleigh so many years ago starting that precedence with our young people. And, and uh, they do that on their own level and teach them about that and what that is. And uh, we're going to just share a few things with you today and, and move right along in our service. I thank Brother Rayleigh for his, um, his words today and sharing with us. And as he said uh, sometime back he just felt like the Lord had given him something I always want to make room for that certainly appreciate and respect his contribution and ministry to our church I want us to pray and ask God to be with us today I want to share a few things with you and then we're going to move through uh, this service into our communion and uh, our, our commitment cards that were passed out we will receive them at the very very end of the service and uh, so if you'll just hold on to them and uh, we'll just believe God together. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for the privilege to be here today. Thank you for the wonderful reports that we've heard from our prison services this weekend. And trust that you will bless them even in service today. I ask you to touch the remainder of this service and let the power of the Holy Ghost move in our heart and lives. In Jesus' name, amen. And you can be seated. I um, would like to take just a a few minutes and share some things with you today and ask you to, uh, as we have been talking about for several weeks, to let the Lord deal with us about our commitments uh, financially and in every other way as we move into 2020. In the book of Exodus chapter 35 and verse 5, I want to just read one verse and um, that's going to be my text for a little while and uh, I realized only just a few moments ago uh, every um, every morning, actually every morning I recharge my iPad and, and I realized that this morning for some reason in the hustle of everything I forgot to recharge it or to plug it in this morning so I only have just a little over four hours of battery here so I am going to have to kind of scoot along if you don't mind just hit a couple of the high points but uh, the Bible says in Exodus 35 and 5 take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Whosoever is of a willing heart, and that goes along with what Brother Rayleigh said a moment ago, let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass. The Bible says, take ye from among you. Amen. God designed for the church to support the church. Amen. Now, I'm thankful for, uh, I'm thankful for every um, thing that we've been able to do through the years to raise money and do different things but I believe that that, that ought to be that ought to be sideline things now this is just your pastor talking today and if somebody does it a different way I'm not saying they're wrong but I just believe that God designed the church to be sustained by the church 
and uh, we do fundraisers with our youth and, and our Bible quizzers and different things, and there's a real intention behind all of that. And um, the main thing is that we want them to understand that money doesn't fall off trees and that these trips don't just come out of a vacuum somewhere. And, and uh, so it doesn't hurt them to wash a car or to serve a meal or to do something in the back if we're doing something here by way of the church or something outside of the church because we want them to understand that there's some commitment that is involved here. Uh, other people are giving of their finances and and generally, young people and children don't have uh, a whole lot of money, uh, so they can give and contribute to that in other ways. But I believe primarily that the Lord wanted the church to hear this message, take ye from among you and let the church be sustained of the church. And so as today being our annual Commitment Sunday, I think it's one of the most important services in our calendar year. I say that every year. I said that this morning in my office before we came out uh, as we were having prayer. Um, I believe that God has blessed our faithfulness through the years, and, and uh, we have had the opportunity, thankfully, to support many ministries through the years. And uh, I want to talk about that just a little bit. I'm going to move quickly. I do promise you that. I'm thankful for the ministries that we can bless and be a part of um, within our local church and in the Florida district and across our nation and around the world. For a few weeks, I've been asking, as always, we get close to the end of the year, for us to prayerfully consider this day and what we can commit to as we move into the new year. And I will remind you again that it is not what you give, but it is that you give. Because what we bring to God, so words so aptly spoken this morning, what we bring to God and put in His hands, and when God breaks that, it is remarkable what can happen. Amen. And so today, while I'm going to, I am going to share some dollar amounts and dollar figures with you, I want you to understand something. That is because it went through the hands of the man who knew how to break it. Amen. Are you with me now? Because I'm not, I'm not here to talk about and, and pound our chest as what we did. What we were able to, what we did is just put it in his hands. And when God breaks that, then we can see the end result of that. Uh, there, there's no such thing. I, I just really believe there's no such thing as an offering being insignificant. When it comes from our heart, we have a record of this in Scripture of a woman that just brought the, the least amount that she could possibly bring her, uh, the widow woman and the mites that she brought unto the Lord. But the Lord said, according to her heart, she gave more than anybody there. And so it is not, uh, it is not what we give, it's that we give. And I do believe that it is the level of sacrifice that's involved in that. Several years ago, this is repeating some of this for some, but maybe not for all, the Lord dealt with me about implementing uh, a, a systematic way that we could support our missions and our building fund. And from that time to now, we have watched the Lord bless our church beyond measure. And so your faithfulness, our faithfulness together affords us the privilege to bless and to be blessed as a corporate body. I think most people understand the principle of Luke chapter 6 and verse 38. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I think we understand that. Uh, that if we will give to God, that God indeed will bless us back in so many ways that we can't even begin to measure that. I, I was just recently reminded of that principle when I was sharing something with someone uh, pertaining to our own personal life and, and uh, a, a home, our home. And, and uh, someone was asking, well, how old is this in your home? And we, we got to, they hadn't really thought about it. They got to think about that and they said, wow, you know, that's, that's unheard of. And uh, that's unheard of. And I said, well, you know, I, after they left, I got to thinking about it. It may be unheard of in your world, but I just believe God has kept his hand on this. Amen. And, it, and, and God has just blessed in ways. As a matter of fact, until that moment, my wife and I hadn't even considered, uh, hadn't even considered how long God had just blessed something to keep on running or to keep on working. And God can do that. And so uh, a few years ago, uh, repeating a testimony that I've shared a couple of times. At our general conference, there was an appeal. There was an appeal from general global missions, rather, uh, to uh, to do something to reduce the amount of time that our our foreign missionaries, our global missionaries, are spending in depu on deputation, traveling in the United States to raise their budget, and. Uh, 
And, and so they, at that time, the average time that uh, a missionary spent in the U.S. traveling was anywhere from 18 to 24 months. And that was an average, so it could be less, but it could be beyond that. And uh, that's an exorbitant amount of time for a pastor to be away from their church in another country. And uh, we've talked about that a lot. And so Global Missions introduced the, uh, a program in, in, entitled called I Am Global. And uh, uh, many times I've testified about this here but other places because I was there when it happened. <laughs> That's the only way I know how to explain it. Um, the, it during the global mission service that night, uh, Brother Norman Pasley and uh, Brother Scott Graham got up and, and very articulately talked about uh, the need and we could do this if we would all just participate we could reduce this and and this is how it could be done uh, the ushers came we received an offering and I have no idea what happened and what re really was received in that offering but after that brother Mangan brother Anthony Mangan was the evening speaker and he got up again to preach and he wasn't even preaching about what they were talking about. He just began to preach in the spirit of the Lord. I was sitting in the toward the back of the auditorium and, and I'm just telling you, the atmosphere changed. Something moved in that room. And uh, Brother Manga was preaching and the power of the Lord began to move in just a, in a way that I had never experienced before or since. And I could, I was sitting in, toward the back as a huge auditorium and I could see people walking down to the front but I didn't really know what was going on but come to find out, while he was preaching, people were feeling prompted to come and bring an offering or just write down on pledge cards, this is what we would like to give. And so in a few moments, Brother Mangan figured out what was going on, and he began to talk about that. And, uh, and that night, in excess of $5 million, $5 million came in in that offering and, and that night and through pledges and from uh, and it was just unbelievable at what happened in that in that moment and I, I just I was just I was just blown away by it as a matter of fact for hours and hours after the service was over Global Missions kept updating the, the amount of money that was coming in until it finally reached in excess of $5 million. And so from that time until now, as a church, we have been able to participate in that I Am Global offering. And a couple of years ago, I was getting ready to go to General Conference. We were getting ready to go to General Conference, and, and uh, I was prayerfully asking the Lord to just lay a figure on my heart. I just felt like that that's just how the Lord has always dealt with me, and so I felt led, and uh, I felt led to just pledge on our behalf $5,000 for just specifically for the I Am Global offering. But on the way to General Conference, I started feeling, I'm going to tell you something, I'm just by way of confession, those of you who know me won't be surprised, but, but uh, just by way of confession, I try to pray about those things before I get there. Because I want to hear from God, and I don't want to make an emotional decision. Now, I'm just being honest with you. Rarely, I'm not going to say ever because I might be leaving something out, but rarely have I, if ever, have I ever went and bought a vehicle and just went to buy a vehicle, bought one and drove it home. i got to get away from that leather smell. I might want to go drive it, but i got to leave. i got to get away because I don't want to make emotional decisions. And so I want to pray about those things. On the way to General Conference, and uh, I just started feeling like the Lord was dealing with me that we should double that offering. So I was like, well, well, okay. I wasn't sure it was the Lord. I'm being honest with you. I, I didn't. I just wanted to be sure. I kept praying, and that night it was Global Mission Service. I knew where we were headed, and and uh, that night all through the service I'm praying, and I just kept feeling that, and I kept feeling that, and and uh, right at the end of the service I had walked down to the front, and the man that with Brother Robinette that was speaking that night. Right at the end of the service, I could have almost reached up and touched him. He didn't know I was there, of course. He was just preaching and praying, and, and he just closed his eyes. And he said, I just feel the Lord would have me to say something. He said, if you're here tonight and you feel like you would like to double that offering, whatever you had pledged in your mind, you need to be obedient to that. I said, okay. <laughs> I'm your man. I am your man, and and so I wrote down ten thousand dollars. You can count. You can count on us. We're going to double that to ten thousand dollars. And so, uh, you know, I knew in that instant that that what I had felt in my heart was true. And you know what? Thank thankful because of your faithful giving, because you have already given, because of 
today, in days like today, that money was already in our missions account. And so I didn't have to come back home from General Conference and say, hey, guys, you ain't going to believe what happened. <laughs> and some wouldn't. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> I need you to bail me out of this. I need you to bail me out of this. But you see, the Lord had already put it there. It was all. It was like the Lord. It was there all the time, and I'm thankful for that. And I appreciate that. So thank thank you for your giving because that creates a budget for us to work from. And so last year, just as a, to share some things with you in our 2019 General Conference, the I Am Global offering has still continued to be in the millions of dollars, 3.2 million dollars last year. Now here's the end result of that. I don't want to bore you with and figures, but I just love this. So if you don't, just ride along with me. Would you do that? The end result of that of that offering, this is how it affected, the trickle effect of that. And so it's not just woo-hoo, we got this $3.3 million in the offering, but here's what happened as an, as an end result of that. That over almost three and a half years of deputation travel was eradicated. Amen. It saved, the, the total amount saved to, uh, in travel costs for missionaries because they have to buy gas and motels and eat. And so the money that was saved for our missionaries was almost a quarter of a million dollars just in their savings. When missionaries are here at a local church, we give them an offering. And if they're here and we, have, we take them out to eat or we have many times we make sure their oil chains in their cars. If they need tires, we want to put tires on their vehicle. And so the, the money that was saved to local churches was over hundred or almost $150,000. So that is how that affected that. But in addition to that, 13 missionary families went back to their country right from General Conference because their budget had been met through that offering. Amen? And you know what? We helped do that. You helped to do that. And so some see, some would ask, well, how could we sitting right here on Cephas Liston Road, how could we impact the world? Well, here's how. Amen. Here is how. And so our global missions, I'm thankful to be a part of something that's larger than us. Amen. I really mean that from my heart. Uh, current to date, we have, there are 200, there is a, a United Pentecostal uh, church in 225 nations and territories. There are 691 missionaries currently on the field right now. And there are 17 countries that are still waiting for a UPCI work to be started. And I believe God is speaking to people. And I believe that those 17 countries will have somebody there in time because God is going to deal with... If he has to raise somebody up out of one of our Sunday school rooms, amen, God's going to make sure that that commission is met. I believe the Lord blesses a church just like he blesses us individually. And so as we begin to work, the Lord laid on my heart several years ago to increase our missions giving, and we did. And the Lord spoke specifically to me and said that if we would build churches for others, that when it is time, he would bless us to build our own new building. And we have faithfully followed that plan from that moment until now. In 2019, our commitment as a church to global and North American missions has allowed us to give in excess of $52,000 last year to missions. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. You made that happen. We currently support over 25 global missionary, foreign missionary families, and two North American missionary families. And, and uh, of course, there have been years that we have given more than that because we've not just given in money. We do give in money monetarily every month, but we've also sent manpower, men overseas to build churches and uh, in multiple countries and also a first, absolutely first class orphanage that there's nothing at all to be ashamed about. I'm thankful for your giving. In the process of our commitment to others, God has blessed our building fund as well. And as we begin to get the year end totals together, uh, I was humbled to see what the Lord had done. Uh, Sister Donna began to send me totals, and and I started adding those up last night about nine o'clock. I was fig- I, I got a little self doubt, and I sent all of those totals. I said, this is what I've come up with, and I emailed this back to Sister Donna. I said, well, just use your calculator. I want to make sure that we're doing this right. In just a few minutes, she said, I got the same total that you got, and I was humbled to see that this year our building fund fund here in Hatchman Apostolic Church broke the $1 million mark with $1,048,000, amen, in our building fund today. 
Praise God. Praise God. I think it's worth noting as well that we receive one offering a month, a, a, a week. One offering. Amen. Praise God. You missed a great chance just to pass out in the Holy Ghost right now. And so I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Because God is keeping his end of the bargain. Amen. We've given about half, in the, oh, since, since we have started this endeavor, we've given about half of that in missions. And God has doubled our building fund. He's, he will keep his word. He'll hold his end of the bargain if we'll hold our end of the bargain. And I'll, I'll promise you, unless anyone would think, you know, if we didn't, wasn't sending all that money over here, we could keep it all for ourselves. That's not how it works. Amen. Amos said it'll be like bags with holes in it, and it won't, go with, it won't even go and take care of what the needs are. And I just wanted to share that with you. And so today, as we have, uh, we have received our Christmas for Christ offering today, I want to just share a snapshot uh, of what that offering does and is doing currently across Florida and around our around our nation uh, in 2019, and of course these totals could change because I think they're a couple of weeks old, but in 2019, six, 676 people have been baptized in Jesus' name, 375 people have been filled with the Holy Ghost in our Florida North American Mission churches. We currently have 17 North American missionaries on status in Florida. In addition, we have 29 daughter works, one of which is part of Hatchman Apostolic Church, and eight preaching points. All of these are pointing toward becoming an autonomous church within our state, and that is the goal. And currently, we have 180 churches in the state of Florida. I'm thankful to be a part of something that's larger than us. Amen. All of that is an end result. All of that is an end result of our participation. And so when we do what we can, others do what they can, the end result is staggering. It really is staggering. Last year's, uh, last year's Christmas for Christ offering, 2018 Christmas for Christ offering across our nation was $4.8 million. I'm glad we didn't have to lift that whole thing, but when we did what we could, God just touched the hearts of others and collectively and together. Amen. And so I'm thankful for what the Lord is doing. I could go on and on. And I don't want to bore you, but I just want you to know that God is doing wonderful things. Churches are being planted. We're not just receiving money for the sake of receiving money, but that's being invested back into the kingdom of God. I received a monthly report, just one month for 2019. I think it's for the month of November. A monthly report that came in from the 95 from 95 North American church plant planters that are currently receiving Christmas for Christ grants. Just one report for one month. Their weekly total attendance collectively was 3,244. These churches combined. The number of home Bible studies taught was in one month, 552. The number of baptized was over 65, and the number that received the Holy Ghost was over 80. And I'm going to tell you that it's not being vaporized. We're not wasting our time. I'm thankful for what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in our day. Amen. I'm thankful to be a part of what God is doing. But as I always say, I'm glad to be able to report wonderful numbers, and I like the idea that I belong to a church that's a given church. But just being a part of a given church doesn't make me a giver. Amen. I got to look at my own self and ask. And I don't want to live in the overflow of somebody else's blessing, but I want God to touch us and help us. Amen. I pray that the Spirit of the Lord will help us to do what we feel led to do. And I, I say again today that we need to let the Spirit of the Lord touch us and not shirk our responsibility to be able to bless this church and let this church bless others. It's give and it shall be given unto you. Amen. Wherever our heart is, that's where we're going to invest. In other words, what we love, we're going to invest. I'm going to go back to my text and I'm going to exit this subject. Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. Amen. Amen. God never intended for the church to be totally sustained by rummage sales. Hear the preacher today. But God said, take ye from among you an offering to the Lord. And so he didn't give everything to us just to, for us, but he gave it to pass through us 
that we could be a blessing to others. I'm thankful for what the Lord has done, and I'm asking you to do whatever the Lord would impress on you. And I say that without hesitation because I'm not asking you to do anything for me personally. We're talking about ministry needs and plans for the future of this church. And so our greatest blessing comes when we live, when we give from our living and not just from our abundance. I felt today would be a great day, a wonderful day to recommit everything that we possibly can and ask the Spirit of the Lord to touch us and help us to check ourselves. We've been talking about not only our commitment by way of finances, but we've been talking about our commitment by way of communion and asking the Lord to touch our heart and and check our lives and and ask God to, to help me to know any area of my life that I need to fix. Amen. Help me to make that right because it's very, very important. I need to recommit myself to the house of worship. I need to recommit myself to the word of God. I need to recommit myself in every way. I want to speak to this church today and tell you that in 2020, we need to make sure that the house of God is the priority of our life. Sunday, Wednesday, we need to make sure whatever it is that we are here and let the power of God move us and and do something in us. We need to be in the house of the Lord. As I've said many times over the last several services, and I may say it again, uh, and, and, I, and I don't want you to get weary with it because we need to hear it. We don't need to let things keep us away from church. Amen. We need to let church keep us away from things. Amen. Let the house of God be the center of that. I'm thankful for, uh, I'm thankful for what this day represents. I'm going to ask our musicians, if they will, to come and our singers to get ready. And our communion service is a very, very important thing. Brother Rayleigh spoke wonderfully about that. And I am just going to choose today to not try to add anything to what he has said. Because I believe that it is as, as he has said what God has given to us, what the precedent that has been set is a very, very important thing. And every time we come together to take communion, we're not just going through a religious ritual or practicing a religious rite. But when we take communion, we are remembering and we are waiting for the Lord to return. Amen. I believe it's a serious thing to come to the Lord or even come to this service with an unprepared heart. That's why we didn't spring this service on you. We've been talking about it for weeks. Amen. We want to come with a prepared heart. Check my spirit. Check my motives. Amen. I, 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 don't, want to, I don't want to receive this carelessly. And uh, I, I want to understand the importance of it. And, and I pray uh, that the Lord will help us. And so if you would like to participate today, uh, we have some folks that are, are coming right now. And I'm going to ask you to stand. <clears throat> and if you'd like to participate They're going to gladly serve you. And while they do this, I'm going to make some closing remarks. I believe that communion is a time for observation. And I say this often. I don't apologize for that. I believe that communion is a time for observation. I believe it that we should look all around us. All around us. It's amazing how many times we can miss obvious things. We say it jokingly sometimes. I feel like I'm the world's worst person to try to find something. Don't send me, please. And my wife will amen this. If something's lost, I'm not your guy. I can't find the box of saltines behind the bottle of Tabasco sauce. <laughs> she, she said she said he's telling the truth it's amazing how easy it is to lose the sense of observation to miss the obvious you know when when our son was home if if something was missing and then all of a sudden it was back well we got was get out of jail free car we could blame it on him well, he has moved that. When he moved out, we had to reassess that plan. Now we have ghosts and goblins that live with us and come in and move things. But I believe that, that, that communion is a great time for observation. I think it's a wonderful time to look back. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm just testifying because... 
I don't want to try to sound like the high water mark, but over the last several days, my wife and I have just been reflecting on the wonderful things that God has done in our life that we could have never imagined. How, how could we have ever imagined what God would do in our lives? Is everything perfect? No. Are there some undone things, unfinished business? Yes. Are there agonizing things to live with and deal with every day? Sure. But above and beyond all of that, God has done things that has just blown our mind. Blown our mind. So when I look back and I see what God has done for us, my wife and I, just a few days ago, one of the things we were talking about was the wonderful friends that God has placed in our life. Friends that have challenged us to grow spiritually and to grow in every conceivable aspect of the word, to stretch yourself, stretch yourself. They didn't do that by getting in our face and hollering and screaming, you got to be more, you got to do more. God just put people in our life that were doing it. They were examples. And we watched them and we said, we can do that. We should certainly look ahead. I, I don't know, I can't see around the curve of the next 30 seconds. But I want to look ahead and I... I want to say, Lord, I don't know what tomorrow holds. But I am so thankful to know that you, you have it already figured out. You have it in the hollow of your hand. So I'm going to look ahead and I'm going to thank you. I'm going to thank you, Lord. I'm going to thank you, Lord. And so the best I can do is to get up every day. And I try very hard to do this every day. To utter the words of David and say, Lord, today order my steps in your word and let not iniquity have any dominion over me. I don't know what I'm stepping into. I don't know what the next phone call will lead me to. I have no idea. But just order my steps in your word. Amen. We should look within. I want to look at my heart. I want to, I want to be honest honest I had a friend the other day that, that sent me something and he said I want you to read this and it was a reflection of something in his own life and he said I want you to read this and I want you to get a hold of me and I want you to be brutally honest with me wow wow brutally honest with me I want to be saved I want to be right I'm thankful to have people around me, but I've got to be willing. You see, I believe before somebody would pin something of that nature and then call with that kind of request, Sister Lane, I believe they've already taken a pretty hard look at themselves before they say, hey, won't you come look at this? Now, be honest with me. What it let me know was that man had already been honest with himself. He had already been honest with himself. Amen. I want the Lord to help me look within Help me look within. Amen. I believe that it is possible or impossible rather for a true Christian to get closer to the Lord and at the same time get further separated from fellow believers. And you know what? Life comes along. Disagreements come along. Sometimes sparks fly. We got to get those things right. We can't get closer to the Lord and further from you. We've got to make those things right and draw closer to Him. Because the Bible says this is how everybody's going to know your mind. They're going to see the love that you have for one another. And that's how they're going to know your mind. While I believe that external holiness is an absolute, and I'm going to tell you if I've ever believed that in my life, and I've believed it my whole life, but if I've ever been convinced of it, I'm certainly convinced of it in a day called 2019. When anything goes, anything goes. Amen. If you ever think you want me to stop preaching against separation and holiness and modesty, just go to Walmart. Go to the mall. I mean, I kind of meandered there a little bit, didn't I? What I'm saying is you won't have to look very far. 
You won't have to get on a rocket ship and go to another, to another galaxy. You won't have to go to another country. Look around us. Look around us. Look around us. Amen. I watch families walk in businesses and restaurants, and I watch young girls and young boys, and I can't think in my mind, I can't imagine, Brother Kenny, that a dad, a father, would have said, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know where you think you're going. Amen. We're still talking about communion. God, help me to to look within me. I want to keep myself. I want to abstain from those things. Amen. I I want to stand by what the Spirit of the Lord has put in our heart. Amen. I want us to pray together. Amen. I have confidence that you've already prayed. Amen. But I want us to pray together right now and ask God to touch our heart and our mind. Help me to look behind and look ahead and look within and search our heart. Would you join me now? God, I'm asking you today. God, we take this moment so serious. We really take this moment serious. God, we are confident that what we're doing is in your will and we are confident today that we are standing in your presence. We are sure in this holy house today that we're doing what your word mandates of us. So I'm asking you, oh God, to touch my heart. God, help me to be a better husband. Help me to be a better father. Help me to help me to be a better father-in-law. Help me to be a better preacher. Help me to be a better pastor. Help me to be a better neighbor. God, help me to be a better part, a member of our community. God, I pray that you'll touch me and cleanse me from all filthiness of the flesh. I pray, God, that you would forgive me of my sin. God, and iniquity. Forgive me, Lord, of sins of action and deed. And forgive me, Lord, of, of sins of iniquity, which are thought and intent. God, don't just wash my hands and my eyes and my ears and my feet, but God, I'm asking you to wash my mind and my heart. I pray, God, that you would wash my motives and wash my spirit and help me to stand before you holy and purely, God. I desire you more than anything in this world. I desire you. I thank you, God. 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 I've mentioned it before. I've been impacted by this for several years now. And I pray that I'll be impacted to the day of my death. That when the Lord spoke to the disciples on Mount Olivet, He commissioned them to go to Jerusalem, to the upper room, to tarry until they were endued with power from on high. They didn't understand the magnitude of what was about to transpire in their lives. Several years ago, reading that, I preached from this and it just got a hold of me. Something got a hold of me. That they were coming to Jerusalem to pay their taxes. They were going to Jerusalem anyway. They were going there. And Jesus said, go. And from where they were to where they needed to be, they were only a Sabbath day's journey, which was only a half a day's journey. But others came a long, 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 long way. Others had a lot of desert to cross and mountains to climb. And, but from where they were, they were just a Sabbath day's journey. I was impacted by that because I was compelled to thank my grandparents and my parents and Sunday school teachers and youth leaders and and church members that all of my life made sure that I stayed only a half a day's journey away from Jerusalem. (laughs) I want to tell you something today and I say this very humbly and I would not call any names or embarrass a soul. But not everybody in this building shares that same testimony. Some people that stand in this house today full of the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name, had a lot further to get to go 
to get to the cross than others. That doesn't make them worse. That doesn't make them less. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm telling you is that if you were raised just a half a day's journey away, you're privileged. Privileged, privileged, privileged. If you weren't raised a half journey half day's journey away, if you had further to go, if you went through more in your life than some, some in this house, you were just cold as a teenager and all you needed to do was just turn and get right with God and you just prayed through and the Lord made everything all right. But there's some people here today who have walked through some dark valleys for years. They've lost everything they own more than once. They stood in places they never dreamed they would be in, but by God's grace... (laughs) By God's grace, they're here today and they're a part of our church and we love them and we thank them for being here. What are you talking about, preacher? This is what I'm talking about. We ought to commit ourselves as a church that we will do everything within our power to live a life that will keep people as close as they can. And when people stray, let's just make sure that the doors of the church are never cluttered and crowded. I don't want to stand in the way of sinners. I don't want to sit in the seat of the scornful. I want to say, Lord, help me to live a life that would never prohibit anybody from saying, I don't know if I want what they have. But I want to live in such a way that people that don't even believe what we believe can say, I don't know what I don't know all about that, but I'll tell you this, they live it. Amen. They live it. And if I ever change, that's what I want. Amen. If I, and let there be something about us that compels them to change. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, join hands with somebody. Let's pray. Would you do that? I just feel God is in this place. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, wash us as a church. Wash us as a family. Touch every husband in this house. Touch every wife and every mother and every grandmother and every person, every young person. Oh, God, get us off of the fence. God, get us off the fence. Oh, God, we're calling this Commitment Sunday not to have a title. But, oh, God, let this really be Commitment Sunday. Commitment Sunday. Get us off the fence, God. May we stop being mesmerized with all the junk in the world that's going on and get our focus on the kingdom of God and get our focus on this local church. If this, if this is our membership, God, if this is where we go to church, let this be everything we invest in. Oh God, oh God, oh God, get us off the fence. Get us off the fence and commit us. Help us, God, to commit ourselves. Oh, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, cleanse us, wash us. God, cleanse us all, Jesus. Oh, there's a cleansing in this house. There's a cleansing flow. There's a cleansing flow. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. You know, all we can do is what we can do. That's it. All I can do is what I can do. I can't change somebody else's mind. I can't fix all the ills. But I can say, Lord, help me to make me right. And help me to keep me right. And that is our purpose here today. Amen. I'm going to ask you, if you will, to take your cup, peel back the first layer You'll find the unleavened bread there, and I'm going to ask you to join in this, and we'll do this simultaneously. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11 and 24, when he had given thanks, he broke it, talking about the bread, and he said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Let's do that together, shall we? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
you want to peel back the second layer of your cup. Amen. The Bible says in that next verse, after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. Amen. Let's do that together, shall we? Hallelujah. 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 Entertain the Lord. <laughs> oh, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. God, help us to turn this into a personal prayer room here and now. <laughs> I want to stand at a personal altar where I am right now, Lord. I love you and I thank you for the mercy of the Holy Ghost that, God, you have washed us. You have cleansed us. You have cleansed us. Let's let our voices be heard in prayer. Would you do that? Let your voice be heard in prayer. God, I love you today. 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 Cleanse us holy. Wash us. Make us. Oh, God, purify us. Help us to check our motives, God. Help us to set our agendas, personal agendas to the side, God. Things that are not in harmony with you and your word in this season, God. Help us to set that to the side. May your grace touch us today. May your grace touch us today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to ask our, our ushers are getting ready to come. If you've your card is filled out. I, I'm just going to ask you to do what you can today and obey the Lord. Obey the Lord. I've said often that this is a faith pledge. This is not what the Bible talks about as a vow. I don't want you to be confused about that. This is a faith promise. And we understand, you know, sometimes through the years... People have committed to missions and committed to the building fund and they've lost their jobs. That's life. You're not going to get a bill for this. This is between us and the Lord. Amen. And if you'll do what you can and if everybody will lift a little bit. I've said it so many times but I've been called on to help lift something heavy and I'm walking along thinking, man, I, I kind of feel... Silly here, I don't know. You know, I kind of feel like somebody else is being penalized. Uh, because this should feel heavier. This should be more cumbersome. It should feel more awkward. But the reason it wasn't is because many hands were lifting this. And so today, I'm, I'm thankful for more than a million dollars in our building fund. But can I ask you a personal question? Aren't you glad you didn't have to give it all? Seriously, what would have happened? But if everybody does what they can, God just blesses what we're doing. So I'm going to ask our ushers to come. They're going to receive our cards. And while they do, I, I'm, I want to share a final thought with you and we'll close with a song. The gold rush in, in North America was actually started in... Uh, North Carolina in the year 1799. The gold rush came on the heels of, of a large gold rock that was discovered by a 12-year-old boy named Conrad Reed. Conrad was out playing in the Meadow Creek of his family's farm and he came across this, this rock, a rather unusual colored rock, and he he took it home. He showed his father. Because they were not accustomed to seeing gold, certainly that size gold in that area, they didn't realize what it was, but it was a 17-pound gold nugget. It was worth $300,000. So 
so because Conrad's father didn't know what it was, for three years they used this rock to prop the door open of their house. It's a true story. For three years they used the 17 pounds of gold to just prop the door open. One day, a friend of Conrad's father, who was a jeweler, came by. And he recognized and saw it for what it was. <laughs> and this is the sad part. Unaware of the real value, the jeweler said, I'll give you $3.50 for that. $3.50 was one week's pay for a farmer. I'll give you one week's pay for that old rock you got holding your door open. He sold the rock for $3.50. And so here's the message. If we, Hatchman Apostolic Church, if we don't see the value of what God wants to do here, we run the risk of somebody else seeing it. If we don't, somebody will. Hey, boy, put that rock over there. That's, we'll hold that door open. That's what we'll do there. And we can just say, you know, it's good enough to have good services and everything's going well and God's blessed us and, and we can just do that and we can just come prop the door open every Sunday, every Wednesday, every special meeting and say God's good. But somebody may come along and realize this is far more than a doorstop. Amen. I don't want somebody else to get my blessing. I'm just going to be honest with you. <laughs> We've worked too hard. We've worked too hard. I don't want somebody else to get our blessing. I want to launch out into the deep and see what God will do for us. And I'm going to tell you again, and I want you to hear me when I say it, our best days are not behind us, but our best days are before us. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Let's magnify the Lord in this song. Amen. Would you do it? Amen. Isn't the Lord good? Isn't the Lord good? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He's so good. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.